Well, you know, it is entertaining because uh, early on, like Marcus said, you don't have a desk, you don't have committees, you don't have uh, an office. And so uh, you feel like, you know, what am I doing here, you know, for the first week or so? And obviously it gets busy quick and you get assigned to your committees and uh, you get put in in your desk. <laughs> and uh, but it's it's uh, you know, it, it, it does move very quickly once the session gets going. And like Marcus said, I would expect the next session, you know, coming up here in three weeks, as you mentioned, um, that it's going to move very quickly because bills that were introduced last year remain active this year. That's the cycle, and sometimes right. people don't know, but that's how this works. It's, a, it's essentially a two-year cycle, and you're into the second year of it. Exactly. That would be one component of it. Another would be, in terms of, say, a rapid pace and maybe trying to get out as soon as possible, oh, by the way, it's an election year next year, and there are things that go with that. I don't think people knew next year was an election year. So. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll break that news here, yeah. <laughs> no, yeah, but it, 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 you know, it's going to be a really interesting year because I'm sure we'll get into this, but the budget's obviously going to be an issue. Uh, but you do have it being an election year, and, and um, that obviously adds a whole other level of complexity to a lot of issues that um, it's not, I mean, obviously we all have to focus on, on, on the election, but. Uh, obviously, while I'm there, I plan to focus on actually getting things done. Uh, such as, let, let's start right there, getting things done. Okay, what things? What do you want to get done? Well, so this past year, you know, one of the issues I focused on in large part was the opioid issue, and we got a really solid bill through the process, the syringe services programs that uh, we expect to, to, to see a, a significant benefit to saving lives and saving money. Now, how's this work? I remember we talked we about We talked this. about it a bit, yeah, but basically what this uh, uh, bill does, now signed into law by Governor Kemp, uh, passed almost unanimously in both chambers, a bipartisan bill. Uh, what it allow is is for uh, nonprofits, for uh, health departments, uh, to to try to offer programs that will uh, ensure individuals have the opportunity that they're using uh, you know drugs to to try to make sure we're getting them into into rehab and getting them into treatment. And programs like this, I mean, the CDC said that these types of programs are five times more likely to get someone into rehab treatment. And so these were things that. You know, these agencies didn't have the opportunity to use previously, but we think we're going to see a lot of success there. And something that I'm looking at for this coming session is continuing on the opioid issue. You know, other states have have uh, done programs where, uh, you know, a certain level of opioid prescriptions that they co-prescribe naloxone uh, because, you know, frankly, that's where we're seeing a lot of issues. And naloxone is, is what helps me... If there's an overdose, if you that's will, right. If there's an overdose, that's right. And mm-hmm. so, uh, you know, Florida did it a couple of years ago. Uh, several other states. It's it, and and the numbers are pretty astonishing that we're seeing. Obviously, we know that the opioid epidemic is is uh, uh, attacking our state, attacking our country, and so we got to fight back. And you know, frankly, a lot of these uh, solutions aren't things we wish we had to do. It'd be nice if we didn't have to to put forward some of these solutions because. Uh, frankly, they're not easy, uh, but at the end of the day, we've got to save lives, and so that's an area where I'll focus on. Uh, there's a couple other, you know, bills that, that um, I, I'm in tune to. You know, last year we got some really good things in the budget for the university, including expanding the medical partnership, which is uh, very significant. No, for the, with, with, I'll still call it MCG, the, the college that, in Augusta. Well, here the the campus in Athens uh, is what we expanded. So we expanded from 40 to to 60 students in in a class. And that's very significant for this region the long haul to have tr- doctors in training right here in Athens. Uh, but it is the medical partnership, MCG, UGA, uh, right there in Normaltown. Um, and so I uh, feel like we, we've got more to do. Uh, you know, we've been talking to Athens Tech about a, a, a project that they're interested in, and we're trying to help them out as much as we can. Obviously, technical training. Um, you know, as we look at, you know, we, we see on the national level, they're talking about college debt, college debt, college debt. 
and I know the other side's proposal just wipe it all out, um, <laughs> which I don't. I still haven't figured out how that that works. But um, I think a lot of the solution is making sure that folks are going to a place where they're going to come out with a, a, a strong income, and they're not going to be saddled with debt. And a lot of times that means technical training. Um, you know, with this this. Uh, What's the legislative role there, State Rep. Houston Gaines? Uh, there there are some things that have happened in, either with the assistance of the legislature or independent of it. Some of the partnerships that are formed with, for example, the Clark County School District right. and Athens Tech. I assume that kind of thing is happening elsewhere around the state. It is, and you know, I I think some of this is a national conversation we've got to have as a country about about higher education. Uh, but at the state level, uh, we are focused on, you know, gov- under Governor Deal's administration, uh, there was an effort and a successful effort in high-demand fields to make college uh, technical school uh, free, and um, that's been very successful. And so we're going to continue to look at opportunities. How do we do that? How do we make things free? I think it, is it Tennessee? They've just done they, that. Tennessee uh, made all all technical college the, the uh, free. The professors work for free? How does this work? I mean, <laughs> I, I don't think they do. Well, so what Tennessee did, as I understand it, because um, I actually went to a session on this uh, back in, in this summer, as I understand it, they had uh, money, which essentially like our lottery funds, um, mm-hmm. where they had a, a, a whole lot of money in reserves, which, by the way, we actually have a whole lot of money in reserves, um, about a billion dollars in reserves in Georgia. Uh, but in Tennessee, they took a lot, a big chunk of that reserves money, put it in an endowment, and that endowment now pays for a, a technical college, you know, uh, at least for the foreseeable future. And they put it in the, in the statute, as I understand it. Okay. How far away would we be from something like that in Georgia? Is that desirable in Georgia? I don't know. Um, I do think that there's merit to 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 technical colleges in particular. Um, I, I you know, free college for everybody that they're talking about. I, I I don't think that's realistic. Nor would it be something that I think is achievable or or that I'd support. Uh, but technical college, uh, it's something that we've got to promote because. Uh, it is really well, now we're having a conversation about whose post-secondary education the government will fund. Uh, it, it, okay, it won't pay for me if I'm going to the University of Georgia to study French literature, but it will <laughs> if I go to Athens Tech to learn how to fix an air conditioner. I mean, that's the conversation we've suddenly started having now. Well, and 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 I I don't know that I think that's a bad conversation to have, and I'm not saying the government should fund it. I'm I'm saying that, it, that as a country we should have that conversation about is it worth going and getting a you know, hundred thousand dollars in debt to go get one education versus going out and uh, making eighty thousand dollar a year salary with the other education that you're not going to be saddled with debt. So I think that's a conversation we've got to have as a country, and um, you know really proud of the the institutions of higher education in in this area, Athens Tech. University of Georgia, UNG Oconee, um, Piedmont College. I mean, we, we're very fortunate in this area, Lanier. Uh, we, we are very fortunate. State Rep. Houston Gaines, or as they say down in Warner Robins, State Rep. Houston Gaines <laughs> in studio with us this morning. Uh, okay, committees, uh, committee work. He referenced committee work, some of these study committees that convene over the course of the summer. Uh, what, if anything, did you work on over the summer? You mentioned the, the technical school thing earlier. Well, um, the in terms of committees, so I serve on the code revision, insurance, and then the health and human services committee. The health committee we've met a couple times in the last several weeks uh, on the vaping issue, which has been uh, pretty interesting. To you know, we had a meeting uh, from folks who really have concerns about vaping, and then we had an, a, another meeting uh, where we heard from folks that you know have, have outlined where vaping has helped people quit smoking. And so it's it's a really interesting issue. Obviously, we see it on the national uh, media uh, frequently, and and it's something that. Uh, I'm extremely concerned about, you know, you see particularly the numbers in middle school even and high schools. Um, and so 
that's going to be an issue I think you might see come up in the legislative session, something that we'll certainly be monitoring. But I'm watching as, as municipalities, as local governments, city and county governments are, are enacting ordinances here, and I, I'm wondering about this. I, I'm, not the, I'm, the, I'm the last guy that says let's get Washington <laughs> to fix all our problems for us, or for that matter, to let Atlanta fix all yeah, our um, problems for us. But uh, I do wonder if, if some patchwork quilt of approaching this is really the way to go. Maybe we do need some state legislation. I think it may make sense, and as I understand it, um, which you know, I, I don't know that this is a good way to legislate. Uh, but in in in, it, in wa- speaking of Washington, as I understand it, in their big budget, they're about to do it. It may even raise the tobacco age across the country to twenty one years old. Uh, tobacco or these these right uh, virtual um, cigarettes, which, if you will. I, I I don't quite understand how that works. <laughs> you know, it's just like all of a sudden it's in a budget. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I don't I, you know. But anyway, uh, so that may change the game in of itself. But I think that that that's part of the conversation is the age. I think the flavors is a part of the conversation. There's a lot of pieces. Of this, um, but it's something we're closely monitoring, and and we'll be reviewing any legislation that comes across our desk. On you that. know, there's always something. We we're talking with, with State Representative Marcus Weedauer about that, and it turns out that you folks, you you folks beneath the gold dome, you, you have the same observation that, that I do from looking from the outside in here. That there's always something that that you don't know it's coming, and suddenly as an issue, it is there. It might be some gun bill. It might be back in the day the state flag. It it, it can be something that that a lot of folks didn't see coming, and suddenly it's the thing that. That everybody's Absolutely. talking about. Do you have any sense of what might surprise us this year? I don't. I mean, I do think that uh, just because of the national attention, I think the vaping issue is going to get a lot of attention. But there is always one issue that, um, you know, three weeks into session, someone drops a bill and all of a sudden that's all anybody talks about. And so, uh, you know, I, I think this year is a little unique with the budget. Um, there are some real challenges that are, are, are going to happen with, with uh, trying to make sure we uh, balance the budgets. You know, Washington, they just go $23 trillion in debt and don't worry about it. Sure, and print jo- more, borrow more. Yeah, um, sounds great, you know. Um, but in Georgia, we actually have to balance the budget, which is a very good thing. And with that, the governor's call for budget cuts, 4% for the current fiscal year, another 6% uh, down the road, uh, looking at at least the possibility of an economic downturn. The idea, I think, the the, the rationale is expressed by the governor, Governor Kemp, uh, the time to fix the roof is before it rains. That's true. And and uh, I will say, you know, when he called for these cuts, it, it seemed like, gosh, you know, maybe we don't need to make all these cuts. And But I think we're starting to see some real wisdom. And, and obviously, uh, uh, across the board, I mean, you're seeing revenue that is falling below projections. Um, it's about even where it was a year ago, which, you know, generally the, in, in, in the budget process, uh, they expect revenue to, to, to increase year over year. Um, so that's, uh, it, not only is it something the governor's asked for very wisely, uh, but it's also reality because we're seeing revenue not coming in as what it, what was expected. Is it realistic, Representative Houston Gaines, is it realistic to think you can make those kind of cuts, 4%, 6%, you can make those cuts without affecting jobs? I don't know. Um, obviously the goal is, is, is not to, uh, you know, affect, uh, people in current roles as, as much as possible. You know, one of the things that agencies have done is not fill roles that, that are open. Attrition. Uh, that's right. And uh, so that, that will take care of, you know, some percentage. Uh, you know, reality is, are you going to have to look at certain roles? Uh, maybe, maybe we should. I mean, if there's positions that, you know, we're not seeing the, the results we need to, then um, just Yeah, be- I, I don't mean to suggest that government is a jobs program. I know exactly. People yeah. look at it that way. That That's not, if we don't need you, we shouldn't that's have right. you. That's the way it works here in the private sector anyway. Exactly. And and uh, now, you know, if, if folks are doing the right thing, which I think our, our state agencies do a wonderful job, you know, uh, across the board, 
um, then we're going to make sure we continue to fund the, the critical uh, things that the state state should. Uh, State Rep. Houston Gaines with us another few minutes here again. The legislative session starting on January 13th. They'll start as it just about always does with the governor and his budget speech, a joint address to the House and Senate, and then you folks go to work uh, in terms of crafting legislation, drafting bills, and, yes, settling down to work on that budget. The new voting machines, we're going to use those. Matter of fact, as we have mentioned, if you want to see them, they'll they'll set them up. I think it's tomorrow at Georgia Square Mall, the center court there. Had them there yesterday. We'll have them again there tomorrow. Go down, take a look, uh, take them out for a test drive. They'll have them in the elections office. We'll have them different places around. Have you seen them yet? Well, I have seen them just kind of in from a distance, but I'm actually planning on going to the mall tomorrow to, to check them out a little bit closer. And, and you know, I think it's going to be great. You know, it's it's that whole process was one of the more amazing uh uh, and, and, you know, it's what funny. did they end up spending on those 150? About 100 million. 100 million. Yeah, so they ca- the, we we allocated, I believe, 150, but the the uh, they, the folks that they ended up contracting with came back at about 100 million, so saved saved some money. Um, but you know, it's uh, during that process, you know, you had the other side that really truly wants paper ballots, where you bring out a you know pen and a paper. And you know, yeah, it's 1950. All I mean, over again. <laughs> and you talk about you know election security. That's where you're going to really see some issues. And so we feel really good about these uh, voting machines. Uh, you know, it's going to have a verifiable paper audit trail, which we feel like is important, and we feel like uh, is going to secure our elections here in Georgia. So we're really excited about it. Think it's going to be great. Uh, moving forward here in 2020. Yeah, mentioning elections, uh, you were just elected uh, after having lost an election uh, in a very competitive district. You and Marcus Weedauer, Representative Weedauer, uh, have the same stories to tell on that, likely both to face opposition in what we say uh, is an election year, the election year session that starts in January, and the, the, the time you spend beneath the gold dome. I, as your challenger, I can go out and raise all kind of money. You can't raise any. I mean, you're at that disadvantage as an incumbent. Absolutely. And uh, so what we've done, you know, leading up to session, obviously focused on a lot of issues. Uh, We've also focused on making sure our campaign is in a great place. I think that folks are going to realize real quickly that we're very serious and we're going to work our tail off to get reelected because it's so important that we hold the House majority, continue to move our state forward. We feel like this seat, you know, we've been able to accomplish a whole lot in one year. And I think we're going to accomplish a whole lot next year in this legislative session. That's where my focus will be for the next three or four months. Uh, and then we're going to hit the campaign trail hard and feel really good about where we are on, on I the mean, as, as you look around, you're, you're, some of your legislative colleagues, so many of them, uh, especially in the House, but also in the Senate, they aren't in what are particularly or have not been particularly competitive districts. You are. I mean, whatever else you say about the way those districts are drawn and people have criticism that lingers, uh, I think people and voters should say they got what they wanted, which are competitive districts. Yours and Representative Weed, ours, 117 to 119. One of the things I say all the time is, is being in a competitive district it makes me better at what I do because, you know, some folks, the reality is they're in these 80-20 districts, whether it's Democrat, Republican, whatever. Well, they're, they're frankly not that worried about getting reelected. Uh, but what I'm worried about is making sure I do my job. I respond to every constituent email. I'm out at every group I can possibly be at, you know, giving legislative updates, legislative previews, meeting with individuals. I mean, individuals who, uh, you know, despise me. I mean, I'll meet with folks and always happy to do that. Uh, because that's my job, and, and I think being in a competitive district, it makes you do a better job in your office. And so, that's, how do you politicians handle that, especially in close races? You walk down the street, there come two people walking the other way. One of them voted against you. I mean, that's just, just mathematically, that's a certainty. Yeah. One of them voted against you. Well, and uh, and depending on what county you're in, you can you, you yeah know, maybe you, both of them. Did. <laughs> that's yeah. right, uh, but. 
No, it, it and and I, I mean, you know, I'm in one of these districts that I think is one of the uh, most interesting and uh, craziest districts, but I love it so much because you got, you know, Clark County, which frankly is obviously uh, quite a bit more liberal, and then you got Oconee, Jackson, and Barrow, which are more, you know, very conservative counties. And so you get this really interesting dynamic because uh, you get all ends of the political spectrum, and I think it's just a really – uh, it's an honor to serve a district that, that's so unique. All right, we'll see the legislative session again about three weeks away, a little more than three weeks away. Between now and then, the little thing we call Christmas and New Year. So Merry Christmas, Happy Merry Holidays. Christmas. Thanks for riding out this morning again. Anthony State Representative Houston Gaines. Talk with more members, or let me put it this way, we'll invite more members <laughs> of our local legislative delegation to discuss the upcoming session. I do not have subpoena power. I can invite, I cannot summon, but we'll invite them in to talk about the session as well. State Rep. Houston Gaines with us this morning.